Going to turn things back over to Mr. Weber for the second full hour of Garden Talk for 2019. Good morning. Why are you calling me Mr.? Mr. Weber? Oh, you make me feel old. Oh, no. Mark. Thank you. There you go. <laughs> but I ha- I will have to say, though, I do call you Mr. Audi, so that's, no. re- that's really okay. Makes me feel official. Okay. <laughs> you be official, I feel old. Okay. You choose. You choose. I have a question for you. Sure. How long do you think it takes in Mother Nature to form one inch a viable, rich topsoil. Mm. My guess would be quite a while. That's not an answer. Ooh, How know. long? Give me a number. Hmm. Exact period of time. Give uh, me a number. A number. For, for example, if mm. you lived in like Alaska. Or if you lived in Ohio. But in Ohio, how long does it take to form one inch of topsoil? One inch. I'm not sure. So you're not sure. Okay. Four, five, seven, 12, 90. How long does it take to form one inch of topsoil in Ohio? We'll find out that, plus a whole bunch more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The views and opinions expressed during this program do not necessarily reflect those of the staff and management of Cox Media Group, Ohio. This is WHIO's consumer warrior, Clark Howard. Beware scam artists in Dayton. I'll find you out. This is WHIO meteorologist, Kirsty Zantini. If weather breaks this hour, we will break it. And you're listening to an Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good Saturday morning, and welcome back to Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. If you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast about gardening and landscaping and dirt and and uh, insects and all the stuff that we talk about, I would love to hear your voices today at 457-1290. That's 457-1290. That'll put you into the Master Control Studios at WHIO Radio, or Javon is our executive producer extraordinaire, and uh, he will take your important information, and I'll be more than uh, happy to speak to each and every one of you. As we begin this second hour of Garden Talk, my name is Mark Weber. I've hosted this show for 28-plus years, and uh, I'm a guy who likes to talk about plants and gardening and enjoined in studio by the one and only... Mr. Jesse Mack. Good morning. Good morning. How are you, Mark? I'm well. Hanging in there? We're, we're, we're carrying the, 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 the wet cycle into 2019, aren't we? Yes, we are. <laughs> it's looking like that. <laughs> Doesn't seem like it wants to end. No, it's uh, it's the pattern setup we got right now. So you can uh, you got to take the rain with the warmth is kind of what we're dealing with. I have a nerdy weather question for you. Those are my favorite. <laughs> Can you describe to me what a frontal system is? Um, I don't really like that terminology, so I don't know exactly. <laughs> because any low-pressure system will have fronts. Okay. So I don't. it's kind of redundant to me a little bit. Because any, any low has fronts mm-hmm. because it's mixing up air. 
Um, but what it's just saying is it's a transitional zone, right? There you go. Yeah, that's it. So a lot of times we'll see, um, a warm front move in and it'll carry moisture and warm air. And then on the backside, we almost always see a cold front move through afterwards because it takes the cold, dry air from Canada. So it clashes the air from the Gulf of Mexico with the air from Canada. And that's what those fronts are. It's just like you said, a transition zone. And within that transitional zone, there are different pressure gradients. Is that the word they should use? Um, that's... Yeah, there there is a change in the pressure. That's due to the air density of the uh, the air mm-hmm. mass itself, because obviously cold, dry air is dense, and um, warm, moist air is light. So it's uh, so it's the opposite of what you would think. Yeah, I guess uh, kind of. People always do look at me weird when I say that. So cold air is more cold and dry air. Cold air is more dense than wet, moist air. Yeah. Interesting. It, it, that is a little weird. Every time I say that to people, they do look at me funny, and I think the first time. I got got that in my brain too. I was like, "Wait, what?" Because it seems like in your head you would think you have all the molecules and you add moisture to it, but it's not the case because you can only fill so much space in mm-hmm. atmosphere. You can't like you can't necessarily add more to what that's there. So you actually take away molecules and replace it with moisture molecules, which are less dense. It takes up more space. Okay, so so why is it? <laughs> I'm sorry, I have so many questions. Why is it that when pressure is always highest at sea level versus the higher up you okay. go, go? That just think of think of the atmosphere as a solid. Think of it, just change your mind for a second. Think of it as a solid. Now, if you were laying down on the ground at sea level and I stacked 10 bricks on top of you, 10 big bricks, it'd be you know, it'd be heavy. It'd be pushing on you. If you went up half the atmosphere and I only stacked half the amount of bricks, it wouldn't be nearly as heavy. You know, that's exactly the... So like when we see astronauts in space and they're floating around, it's mm-hmm. kind of the same principle. Am I right to think well, that? There's, there's less molecules with the same amount of space. You can think of it that way. So there's not as much pressure the higher you go up. There's more pressure the lower you go down because all of those molecules are weighing down on you all together at sea level. That's the most Mm -hmm. air pressure you can have is at sea level. Um, But as you go higher up, there's less molecules above you to push down on you. Okay. So the pressure is lower. Interesting. Interesting. That's a good question. No, I I, I work with wind pressure related to how trees break and fail. Because mm-hmm. that's what breaks trees is wind pressure. Mm-hmm. And the other day I was playing with a calculation. I was looking at if you had, um, let's say, a 72 mile an hour wind at sea level versus a 72 mile an hour wind at 1,000 feet above sea level. Mm-hmm. And it was a, a significant difference wow. in, in pressure, wind pressure. Um, in fact, it, it showed me that. Um, at 72 miles an hour at a thousand at a thousand feet above sea level that there was less less likelihood of a tree failure than was if you were at sea level that's very interesting i'm glad it worked out that way <laughs> because that means my thinking is correct <laughs> no and and the, and the math the math tells us how to do it uh-huh. but a lot of times um it doesn't 
explain what we just asked about. Why at sea level the pressure is higher than it is above sea level? Yeah, and you'll hear people say, you know, you go up to Denver, the air's thin. It really is. The air is thinner. There's less molecules in the air. That's that's the difference maker. Thus, the wind pressure is less too. Yeah. So the less higher to push on the tree. Yeah. So that also explains that, like, if you take, for example, a, a mountain range like um, the Sierra Nevada, you'll see trees that are 200, sometimes 300 feet tall, that aren't exposed to the same forces that trees would be close to Pacific Ocean just because, one, they, they're protected by the mountain ranges, but also sure. the, the, the air is less dense. That's very cool. Because at 5,000 feet above sea level, it's a lot less dense than it is at sure. sea level. Yeah. yeah. But it's crazy. And the you don't think of it in the molecular form <laughs> that they could actually have a, enough weighted difference to either bend or break a tree or not. Well, you've enlightened me. Thank you. Yep. Well, you've done the same for me in return. (laughs) Fair trade. (laughs) I will probably have another question next week, but it's okay. I'll be here. I spend my time always asking lots of questions. Jesse, it's really good to talk to you. Good talking to you too, Mark. Happy New Year to you, and uh, we will talk to you soon. Same to you. Have a good morning. Thank you, sir. 457-1290. Let's head back to the telephone lines and... um, what does Dave want to talk about, <laughs> Javon? I'm sorry to put you on the spot, but there's nothing. You had a question about trees. Oh, good. Thanks, Dave. Thanks, Dave. Uh, Dave, good morning, and uh, welcome to 2019. How are you today, sir? Well, good morning, Mark, and good morning to all your listeners. I'm doing really good. How you doing? I'm well, sir. How can I help? Well, I'm wanting to know in a, a really good method or a successful method of cloning my pear tree. It's if you would see this tree, uh, you'd probably go to your knees and start crying. This thing, I don't even know how it's alive, but we've been getting pears off of it every year. And like I told my wife, don't stand by it in high winds. It's just gutted, and there's just it looks like there's just bark holding up this massive pear tree. Okay. So I want to want to clone it. Okay. Man, it puts out really good pears and makes great pear pies. We sure. freeze the pears for through the winter, and I want to know how to how to get this pear tree going somewhere else. Basically, what you want, what you're saying is, you want to vegetatively propagate your pear. Okay. Yeah, I want to get another tree going off this exact tree. Okay. So what we what we want to do is we want to um, capture the ge- genetic code that that particular plant is producing, and we want to use it to um, to the next generation. Okay. Does that make sense? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Makes sense. So we're going to have to do that. We can't do it by seed. And the reason we can't do it by seed is that by doing it by seed, we are going to get a mixed population of different genetic traits from whatever that seed may have. Okay. So seed, seed propagation is totally out the door. We can't use that. So we're going to, have to do is what they call vegetative propagation. Um, and there's a couple different ways you can do vegetative propagation. Um, in the case of pears, they are typically grown from cuttings or they are grafted upon a rootstock. Um, and basically what you do is you collect what they call hardwood or softwood cuttings. And then you stick them in, the, in some type of medium and you root them. And then from there you grow um, that new plant. 
Um, typically, most pears um, are, are grown by what they call softwood cuttings, which are where we collect the branches, small uh, juvenile branches in the summertime. Uh, we place them in uh, some type of medium, typically sand, and put them under a mist. Um, we typically, uh, where the cutting is, ma is made off of the plant, we uh, put high levels of what they call oxins on the root stock, on the root, on the soon-to-be root area, which is the stem of the cutting. And we mist them, and then they form roots. Uh, what you could do, what you also could do, is consider doing hardwood cuttings which is where we would take cuttings off of the pear in the winter time, late winter, early spring, like say February, March. Okay. And at that point in time, we would typically um, um, take the stem would probably be about maybe six to eight, six to eight inches in length. And it's going to be, have to be really juvenile wood. It's going to have to be wood. That's probably um, from last year's growth. Okay. And we're going to come along and we're going to use a knife and we're going to cut along the outside edge of the stem, um, along the area of the cambium, just to injure it, because that will trigger adventitious growth to grow, which will then form roots. But you're going to have to use typically some type of rooting hormone and stick it in the pretty much into something like medium like sand in the ground and you'll get hopefully get some of those to root you'll get probably some that will and some that won't you may get 30 percent take you may get 90 percent take depending on the environmental conditions and the cultivar okay does that help Sounds you good yeah yeah that then to help it root uh is there products to buy that you go get and where where would i go to yeah find there's like different rooting hormones that you can purchase from gardening supply houses there's one in Piqua called AM Littered, I think sells rooting hormones. You may want to read a little bit up on this technique of it because it's not for the typical, <laughs> the average person doesn't understand how to do a cutting, okay? So you may want to educate yourself on how to take hardwood, hard, hardwood cuttings from fruit trees. Um, a really good website is University of California at Davis. Um, it's called Fruit and Education ucdavis.edu. There's a lot of really good information in there about growing fruit trees and how to propagate them. If that'll help you. Okay, great. Does that and, and, and that's that's kind of the, the 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 quick and easy question to it. It's you're going to need to make sure that you've got the rooting medium and know how to do the cuttings. And I want you to, you know, not get discouraged if the first go around you have is a complete failure because you may not have done certain things right. That's why, in gotcha. the, that's why in the world of nurseries, there are nurseries that do nothing but plant propagation, and there's others that do nothing but plant finishing because propagators are in a whole different world to themselves. And, I, I, and the reason, a lot, Mark, I, I appreciate it. All right, Dave, have a good day. Okay. Okay, you too. Take care. You bet. When we come back, folks, we'll talk to John and Doug and you at 457-1290. And uh, don't forget, if you're out and about today and you want to listen to WHI Radio, use our TuneIn Radio app, and uh, you will get lots of great information as well. More Garden Talk will continue after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7.
W-H-I-O. It's an Ask the Experts weekend on Dayton and Springfield's 24-hour news weather and traffic station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 W-H-I-O. As we all know, life can bring about many challenges. Fortunately, some you can expect and plan for. By joining the McAfee Comfort Club, we can find many problems before they happen. And for the moment you're caught off guard, our emergency priority service restores your comfort quickly. Any season, any time. McAfee. At Wild Birds Unlimited, we are your backyard bird feeding experts. Got squirrel problems? We can help. Blackbirds taking over? We know what to do. Wild Birds Unlimited. Visit us online and in the Voice of America Center in Westchester or in Springboro next to Dorothy Lane Market. Tune into Safe Harbor Retirement Group on WHIO Radio, 1290 AM and 95.7 FM, Saturdays at 530 AM and Sundays at 5 AM. Safe Harbor Retirement, your pathway to a carefree retirement. For a complimentary strategy session, visit safeharboroh.com. Cold weather can create challenges at home, on Miami Valley roads, and at your child's bus stop. Count on us for important Storm Center 7 updates around the clock keeping your family safe on am 1290 and news 95.7 whio so how many years does it take to form an inch of topsoil four five seven 1290 if you think you might know the answer let's check out the updated weather forecast for mr meteorologist jesse mack Mostly clear and chilly to start off this morning with temperatures near 30 degrees. Mostly sunny throughout the day and we'll be warming up towards 50 degrees. That's about 15 degrees above the average. Staying clear into the overnight hours tonight and still a bit chilly with temperatures dropping back towards freezing. Partly cloudy as we go into Sunday with a high of 44. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. The current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar is uh, beautifully bright, clear skies this morning. It's 35 degrees in downtown Dayton, 35 pretty much all over the place. The only place that's colder than here is uh, Wapakoneta and Troy, which is always colder than Dayton and everybody else. 30 degrees up there. Currently, uh, it's a beautiful morning, and we can't wait to hear your more of your calls today. And don't forget as well that uh, tomorrow night from 6 to 9, listen in and call a special show right here on 1290 WHIO and News 95.7 called WHIO's Todd Hollis and Dayton.com's Amelia Robinson will be hosting the Best of Dayton Revealed on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. The Miami Valley's only radio station for 24-hour breaking news, weather and traffic. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. So how long does it take for an inch of topsoil to uh, form? 457-1290. That's 457-1290. And also, does it matter where you live at? That's a good question, isn't it? We'll talk about that a little bit later as well. Let's head back to the telephone lines at 457-1290. And let's go talk to... John in Centerville. Good morning, John in Warm and Cheery Centerville. Good morning. How are you? I'm well, John. How can I help you? I got a, a quick question. I have a clematis mm-hmm. that um, grows on a sign of our business, and I want to know, should I cut it down? Should I just trim it? What's the best way to keep it 
producing lots of flowers. It all depends on the type of clematis it is or clematis. <laughs> It is. You have to watch. Okay. My, you have to watch myself sometimes. Um, the actual correct pronunciation of uh, clematis is clematis. Got so, it. So uh, I, I'm sorry. I, 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 oh, I digress. Okay. Um, what time of year does it bloom, John? Uh, early summer. Okay. Which tells me you've got one of those that likely. And does it bloom well into like August too, or not? July. Okay. And then what color is it? Uh purple. Okay. Um and how's it been um performing for you? Pretty well. Okay. So Pretty no well. so so no real problems with it. No, sir. Okay. Um I want it to continue doing well. Yeah, and we don't want to make a bad mistake. And the reason I'm saying that is we have clematis that bloom on on current season growth, and we have clematis that grow on second-year growth. Okay. So here's what we need to know. This, the dead and damaged stems should always be removed. removed. We okay. Can't, we can never go wrong with that. Um and you should know when your clematis brooms. You may want to wait until the second. I the large flowers. I'm trying to find something here that would give us a clue here. Okay. Um, clematis that blooms in the spring blooms on the old wood, and those typically get pruned um, before or after the end of July. Okay. So I think in your particular case, because we've got one that's blooming summer-wise, it's bloom it's blooming on on new growth. So I'm gonna I'm gonna probably do the safe way here and say let's prune it right after bloom. Okay. And I think we'll be safe. Now if if yours is blooming really early spring, and we're talking May, June, that may be second year. I, you know that's what worries me here is I'm not sure which one you've got. Okay, mine blooms. End of June, early July, mid-June to right through July. By August, the blooms are few and far between. Okay. So I'm thinking thinking you've got a summer flowering then. Okay. So let's do the pruning in in spring, early spring. Okay. And how much should I prune off? Just the dead? I would take the dead out just to be safe. Anything Uh, else? That's about it. I mean, is, is it encroaching on any any structures or anything? You just want to maintain it, right? Yeah, I have a, a sign. I have a home business. Okay. And I grew it up one of the posts for the sign, and I, I like that. Just, All right. You like it as a decorative decorative thing. Okay. So let's 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 kind of go go with a really conservative approach here. Let's just cut out debt. Okay. Let it. Let Can it. I do that now. No. Let's let it leaf out in the spring. Don't start okay. to do its thing. You'll know the live stuff from the dead stuff when you look at it. And let's just see what happens. And let's try not to to prune it um, um, too much. Let's let it be. Because one thing I'll tell you about clematis is clematis is a really non-aggressive vine. And it really, sometimes I think we we try to be too manly with it, so to speak. Let's just cut out the dead and be safe, because I'm afraid if if you get too draconian with it, you're going to damage the planet. We don't want to do that. Okay, John? 
Not a problem. Thank you very much. John, have a good good weekend, and thanks for calling Garden Talk. Take Folks, care. when we come back, we're going to be in the grass with Mr. Randy Tisher. First episode of 2019. And so much more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. When the Miami Valley gets hit with breaking news, severe weather, or traffic tie-ups, depend on us for up-to-the-minute information. AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. This is the station Dayton turns to first for live team coverage of breaking news. WHIO Dayton Springfield. Your news starts now. Depend on it. It's 7.30. I'm Jonah Adi with a WHIO News Update, our top story we're following this hour. Get ready for heat. The weather is going to give us warmer than average temperatures for this time of year. Plus, more from Washington in the wake of the government shutdown. What the president has to say. The weather this weekend will likely impress. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag. Your exclusive WHIO forecast is coming up. Well, WHIO triple team traffic is looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. It's looking like you shouldn't have much trouble as the sun rises over the Miami Valley on those freeways. And it is our top story. It's a gloomy, wet start to our weekend Friday night, but it's fortunately not going to follow into today. Hopefully you have plans this weekend because the weather's going to cooperate. We're going to see temperatures well above the average, 50 degrees on Saturday, and then the mid-40s there on Sunday for high temperatures. Meteorologist Jesse Mag has the exclusive WHIO forecast in just moments. In Washington, a meeting held yesterday to discuss the 15-day-old government shutdown that's still in effect. That meeting didn't end in a deal. The president saying he thought it went well. Senate Minority Leader Chuck Schumer had a different take. So we told the president we needed the government open. He resisted. In fact, he said he'd keep the government closed for a very long period of time, months or even years. Fox's John Decker says the shutdown still shows no signs of ending soon. In Dayton, 28-year-old Kyle Quillen is indicted on several charges, including rape and assault, after allegedly stabbing his girlfriend on Christmas night. According to a report from the sheriff's office, this all started after Quillen accused his girlfriend of cheating on him. The woman told investigators Quillen attacked her with a knife and sexually assaulted her at a home on Detroit Avenue in Harrison Township on Christmas night. WHIO Sean Cuddehy says that woman also told cops Quillen wasn't taking medication for an apparent brain disorder. He'll be arraigned on Tuesday. Now with the most accurate and dependable weather forecast is meteorologist Jesse Mag. Mostly clear and chilly to start off this morning with temperatures near 30 degrees. Mostly sunny throughout the day and we'll be warming up towards 50 degrees. That's about 15 degrees above the average. Staying clear into the overnight hours tonight and still a bit chilly with temperatures dropping back towards freezing. Partly cloudy as we go into Sunday with a high of 44. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7. WHIO. The latest scan of the Doppler 7 radar looking all clear throughout the Miami Valley. It's looking like we're going to get some pretty sunshine from looking at the skies from our studio here on South Main Street here in Dayton, seeing the beginnings of a sunrise there. 28 degrees right now in Troy. It's 32 in Springfield. 35 here in Dayton at 733. I'm Jonah Adi. WHIO continuing news. If you have a pension, listen in. Mike Martinez and his team at the Pension Group have been helping people with their pension decisions for more than two decades. Much of their knowledge is now available to you in Mike's new book, Retire from Honda Financially Free. Mike covers the biggest pension issues facing you as an associate, including how to take your pension, what's best for you, the lump sum or the monthly payment. We've seen segmented rates go up. 
Unfortunately, that can bring your retirement down, with some people losing 40, 60, or hundreds of thousands of dollars of their hard-earned money. With changing rates, timing is everything. When should you step away from the workforce? Mike touches on all these issues and more in his new book, Retire from Honda Financially Free. Receive your complimentary copy when you set a visit with Mike or purchase online at retirefromhonda.com. Make the best pension choice for you. Retirefromhonda.com. Investment advisory services offered through The Pension Group. I love hearing about the weather. It keeps me updated accurately. More in-depth and truthful. We heard from you, WHIO listeners, and we are not slowing down as we continue to bring you news that affects you in the Miami Valley. You have told us how important breaking local news, weather, and traffic is to you, and we will continue to provide the latest 24-7. You can trust me, Larry Hanskin, host of Miami Valley's Morning News and the Voice of the Flyers on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. I've been here for over 37 years, and I'd like to think I've earned your trust. Ask yourself what you will miss more, your children or cigarettes. As long as I can remember, my mother smoked. She died from lung cancer when I was 16. I could not take the chance of continuing smoking and not being here for my daughter. I know how much I needed my mom still, and I didn't realize it until I had lost her. You're not just quitting for yourself. For free help, call 1-800-QUIT-NOW. A message from the Centers for Disease Control and Prevention. This is Clark Howard here on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Did you know you can get our latest news flash briefing on your smartphone or iPhone? Use the Google Assistant app and say, play WHIO News. How can you grow a better lawn? Let's go in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. And a good, beautiful morning to you, Mr. Tisher. Yeah, it's going to be a beautiful and, and warm day today here in January. Our first uh, our first garden talk of the year, Mark. Yep, and it's a lot of great things to be doing and talking about, and one of which is how to improve your yard through a really simple process, and it's truly the second best time of the year to do it. You heard me right, ladies and the gentlemen over the airways, that now is the <laughs> second best time um, to sow grass seed. Yeah, it really is. And, uh, and that's called winter dormant seeding. That's when you, uh, you take that grass seed that you, uh, select very carefully and make sure you have the right varieties for, for your lawn. And, uh, and so you got to do a little homework there, but once you get the right varieties, you still have to, to, to determine the right seeding rate. Nothing's changed from any other part of the year. The only thing that's changed is that right now, as long as you've got some bare spots in your yard and, uh, and uh, a thin yard and a, and a yard not full of thatch. If it's real thatchy, you can't do this. But uh, as long as you have a thin yard and have bare spots out there, you can walk out with your with your grass seed, scatter it on the ground at the right seeding rate, and then walk back inside the house and and uh, and watch a basketball game. Do whatever you want to do because winter dormant seeding is when you let Mother Nature plant your grass seed for you. Other other times of the year, we got to go out there with a with a rake or an overseeder, mm-hmm. a slice seeder, uh, some mechanical device, and scratch up the ground. But this time of the year, the the freezing and the thawing, the rains, uh, well, I don't know if we're ever going to get any snow, but the rains, the freezing, the thawing, plant that grass seed for you. It'll disappear right before your eyes in uh, in, our, in two or three weeks. And, uh, and when the soil warms back up in the spring, 
that grass seed is the first thing that jumps out of the ground and, and germinates. All right, Mr. Tischer, I have a big question for you. What's that? How long does it take for an inch of topsoil to form? Well, you know, I heard you ask that question, <laughs> and uh, and and I've uh, I've I've been living with topsoil all my life, and uh, and you would think that I would know the answer to that, but uh, I'm sure that uh, it takes a much longer time to form than it does to uh, disappear when I'm out there. Uh, in my sod fields, harvesting sod and and hauling a little bit of that topsoil down the driveway into somebody's house. So, uh, how many million? Are we talking millions or billions? What are we talking, Mark? I don't know. It all depends. <laughs> now that's a heck of an answer. Yeah, it all depends. And you know, it's it's way I I bring this up. It, it one, it's it's not an instant process. It's a process that take it's comes from time and it depends on where you live and what part of the United States that you live in. But in Ohio, for the most part, it's about a 200 to 400 year process. The form an inch. Well, you know, that, that, well that, that makes more sense. I, yeah. I said millions and billions, but then I thought to myself, uh, the University of Guelph up in Canada did a soil depletion study on a sod farm, trying to figure out just how much uh, soil this sod farm really does, uh, 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 you know, harvest uh, over a 10 or 15 year period. And, mm -hmm. and when they completed a 15 year period, they found that uh, the soil had not depleted. Um, and they, you look at a piece of sod and, you know, there is topsoil in that sod. And uh, so you ask yourself, well, how could that be true? But but uh, what you got to realize, at least with a sod plant, is that 90% of the root system of that grass plant is left in the ground when we harvest the sod. Right. That's uh, that's organic matter, and uh, and somehow that uh, that soil up there in Canada uh, did not deplete uh, as you would normally think it would. Now, now the sod grower harvested the sod very intelligently and didn't didn't purposely take any more soil than he needed to to transplant the plant, but. Uh, but uh, you're probably more in line with, uh, uh, you're right, 100 years, 200 years. Maybe yeah, and, and what was what matters in this whole dynamic, and it's a dynamic, um, soil is formed, typically begins from parent material. And that parent material in most cases in the world is, is rock. You know, it comes from rock. Around here we've got yep. limestone and Weathered limestone is the one of the parent materials that form um, soil. But the other thing that comes into play is vegetation, meaning the action of roots of plants and formation of organic matter. And then the third component of soil formation is climate, meaning um, when we have a physical chemical weathering of those materials, be it the parent material and the organic matter, um, those increase the breakdown or the slow breakdown. So if you live in a climate where you don't get a lot of rain, you're not going to form topsoil as readily as if you live in a climate where you have more rain, less rain. Does that make yeah, sense? Yep. And then, yeah, also, and then also topography, meaning that if you live in kind of a hilly mountainous place, 
um, it may form a little faster than it will, or you lose more of it than you will gain if you live in a flat place. And some places where, where we've had glaciation, like we have here in Ohio, glaciation creates really thick topsoil, meaning because you've got this massive weight of ice that crushes the parent material below, which forms more, yeah. more topsoil. So one of the reasons that we are so blessed in western Ohio with great farmland is, is related to these incredible glaciers that came across uh, Ohio, the Illinois and Wisconsin glacier that just basically pressed this amazing topsoil. And that's one of the reasons when you go further, further south in the United States, you'll find less and less topsoil unless you get in an area where it used to be a river bottom or a muck area or, or, or a lake. You're not going to find very deep topsoils like you find here in the northern states. So Makes sense. Which, like I said, it all depends. <laughs> but the thing well, is... One of the reasons we're... Uh... Yeah. Our sod farms have always been located along uh, along a river, uh, whether it's the Little Miami River or the Mad River. Right. Uh, we find those areas to have a little bit more topsoil uh, mm-hmm. uh, in those lowland areas than we do uh, on some of the other places we, we've looked. So makes sense, Mark. And the other thing that's important for all our listeners to understand, though, is that Soil is something that has to be protected because our livelihood, <laughs> our existence on this earth depends on topsoil. And so one, and one of the things that we all need to be conscious of is that one of the reasons why we can grow a good lawn or not a good lawn is related to the quality of the soil in which we're trying to grow our plants. So things like holotine coloration and good fertility practices and, and management practices will lead to a happier, healthier landscape and uh, more productive trees and plants. So, Mr. Tisher, you got it. Happy New Year to you, young man, and um, hope you have a good, good, <laughs> wonderful day. Yeah, well, I'm going to spend it outside enjoying the warmth. And, uh, and, uh, and for all those people that think it's too warm to plant grass seed, remember the soil temperature is still in the 30s, 35 degrees. So, uh, right. You can go out there and enjoy the day and plant your grass seed and not have to worry about whether you're doing the right thing. But good to talk to you for the new year, Mr. Weber, and uh, we will talk to you in a week. Take care, sir. Thank you, sir. Bye-bye. You've been in the grass with Randy Tisher of Green Velvet Sod Farms. Our Ask the Expert phone lines are open to answer your gardening and landscape questions. Call Mark Weber at 457-1290. It's our Ask the Expert weekend on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Attention, attention, Garden Talk listeners. The wild and crazy last hour of Garden Talk is less than 15 minutes away. With your chance to win a $25 gift card to Knollwood because they're gardeners like you and I. So stand by, stand by for the wild and crazy last hour of Garden Talk on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Let's head to Vandalia and let's go talk to Doug. Doug, good morning. Good morning. Morning, sir. I have a question in regards to the last high nitrogen uh, fertilizer application on a lawn. I know I've missed the regular application that you spoke about, but with the weather being so warm, could I still do that right now? Yeah, you can. 
Yeah, right. that question that question came up this week in my office. Yeah, it it is. I think uh, if you did not, it's one of one of those years where, um, you know, we always tell you get it down around Thanksgiving and thereafter. But the way it, how warm it has been, uh, I think it is really beneficial for if you have not done it, go ahead and do it. Um, the other thing that I can tell you that we can take advantage of with this weather. Um, is coriation. Um, right. There's no reason why you can't go out and coriate your lawn right now. If you didn't do it back in the fall of last year of 18, I would strongly urge you to go out there this win- this right now in January and coriate your lawn. You could coriate, you could apply high nitrogen. Same time, if you wanted to throw down some grass seed, it would all be a really good thing to do. Great. Do you think that the stores still have the high nitrogen in in stock? I couldn't tell you on that front. I don't keep track of those kind of things. Okay. But 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 what you want is like a forty six zero zero or okay. thirty five you know five ten something like that. You want the you want it you want it to not to be time release. You want it to be straight mineral fertilizer, quick release, so that when it's applied, it's going to be converted right over into carbohydrates. Don't okay, don't and, and and time uh, slow release products are not going to be do you any benefit, but but a quick release would. Okay. All right. Thank you very much. Thank you, sir, and thanks for calling Garden Talk and being part of this morning's broadcast. Okay. Thank you. Thank Bye. you. Bye bye. Four five seven twelve ninety. The number the dial if you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast. There's an open line for you at four five seven twelve ninety. And when we come back. We'll continue with Garden Talk and so much more on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Dayton and Springfield Station for 24-hour news, weather, and traffic. And our Ask the Expert weekends, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Baby boomers have shared their frustration about how much tax they pay. Let me reverse that for you and put the emphasis on saving taxes. This is Chuck Oliver, founder of the Hidden Wealth Solution, and I've been helping clients for over two decades to get their retirement on track and avoid the tax traps. Daily, I see clients paying taxes needlessly instead of maximizing their financial future. Learn how to save unnecessary tax and optimize your retirement. Visit retirementprotected.com, retirementprotected.com. The new Assisted Living 2 Memory Care Beehive Homes of Springboro is now accepting residents. Call 937-350-1211. Appreciate the difference of a smaller, more personalized experience. Beehive Homes of Springboro, the next best place to home. This is Larry Hanskin. WHIO Washington insider Jamie Dupree has been a friend and colleague for three decades. And when he lost his voice in the spring of 2016, he didn't let that silence him. Now, thanks to modern technology, using past recordings of his actual voice, he's able to report on the air once again his computer-generated Jamie Dupree 2.0 reports on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO, as well as his blog at whio.com with links at the WHIO Radio Facebook page. Each day, researchers make new discoveries that bring us closer to the moment when all cancer patients can become survivors. Some days they take small steps. Others, huge discoveries lead to giant leaps forward. This progress, both small steps and giant leaps, happens with the help of clinical trials. Clinical trials are a fundamental path to progress and the brightest torch researchers have to light their way towards better treatments. 
And if you've been diagnosed with cancer, they may be your brightest ray of hope. Clinical trials introduce new hope in addition to the current standard of care by allowing researchers to provide participants access to cutting edge and potentially life-saving treatments. So if you're interested in exploring new treatment options while helping to light the path for other patients, clinical trials may be the best choice for you. Speak with your doctor and visit standuptocancer.org slash clinical trials to learn more about clinical trials. Together, we can stand up for all of us. Winter weather can throw an icy wrench into your daily commute. Count on Sergeant Mark Bowron and our team of traffic reporters getting you to and from work safely. Triple Team Traffic lives on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. Good morning. It's 8.51, about nine minutes before the grand hour of 8 o'clock. Let's check out the updated weather forecast from News Center 7. Mostly clear and chilly to start off this morning with temperatures near 30 degrees. Mostly sunny throughout the day and we'll be warming up towards 50 degrees. That's about 15 degrees above the average. Staying clear into the overnight hours tonight and still a bit chilly with temperatures dropping back towards freezing. Partly cloudy as we go into Sunday with a high of 44. I'm meteorologist Jesse Mag on the Miami Valley Severe Weather Station, AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. A current scan of the new live Doppler HG7 radar is completely clear. It is going to be a gorgeous, uh, wonderful day in southwest Ohio. We've got clear skies, 35 degrees in downtown Dayton here at the studios. On the station that you depend on for weather, traffic, and garden talk, AM 1290 and News 95.7. W-H-I-O. It's our Ask the Experts weekend on the Miami Valley Radio Station with breaking news, weather and traffic, AM 1290 and News 95.7 W-H-I-O. 7.52 on a beautiful Saturday morning in uh, good old Dayton, Ohio. And if you'd like to be part of this morning's broadcast, there's not one but uh, three available phone lines at 457-1290. Let's jump right back to the telephone lines and Let's go help uh, Jennifer. Jennifer, good morning and Happy New Year to you. Good morning, and thank you for all your advice. I always appreciate your show and all your information you can give us. Um, I am going to go ahead and use your advice and put down new grass seeds. Mm-hmm. I was glad to hear I don't have to wait till it's no, um, the snow's on the ground. Yeah. So that's great. If I put down grass seeds now, when will I be able to put down weed killer in the spring? Well, first of all, that weed killer um, will have to be altered or changed. The vast majority of, of, of crabgrass control products, that's what you're referring to, yes. will kill the grass seed you're going to put down this winter. That's what I was afraid of. So, so but, 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 there's, but, but the caveat is there's a product called Citeron or Tubersum. I call it the, okay. cra- I call it the crabgrass preventer with the brain. Okay. And it is what you should be using for your crabgrass prevention. Now, the point that you need to know, though, is that Citeron is more expensive than typically most crabgrass control products. Okay. Second, th- second thing is it's a product that doesn't last very long in the soil. So you may have to come and use some post-directive products to clean up any weed issues later on in the summer. Like everything, sure. everything else in life, it's got a little maintenance involved with it. But but let's kind of, can we talk about a, a really important first step, though, if I may, Jennifer? Sure. Absolutely. Of all the things I wanted to talk about, you have got the number one question today. Did you know that, Jennifer? That's 
great. <laughs> and I want to talk about why seed, the variety of seed you choose matters. Let me explain why. That little seed that you hold in your hand has good genes and bad genes. And simply, you could waste a whole bunch of time and money and effort today by buying really bad seed. Okay? There are so many different people that sell grass seed, it's not funny. And 90% of the mixtures that are out there are pure genetic junk. Right. Okay. So keep in mind that when you buy seed... Seed is a product that's regulated by um, a seed selling license here in Ohio. And there should be a lot number on the bag or the package that you purchase. It should be the kind and the variety of seed listed in in order of predominance on the bag. There should be a percentage of weight, a pure seed of each of the species, including the varieties. There should be a germination percentage a percent of viable seed on the bag, a percent of weight of other types of crop seed, a percent of what they call inert matter, which is simply junk and dirt. Okay. And a date in which germination has been conducted on the seed. So also with that is you get what you pay for. Um, higher value seed, higher cost seed typically is better genetics and the way that where it's been grown, it's been grown to keep it from having as many weed seeds. For example, if you buy green velvet grass seed, which I will go to my grave telling you is the best grass seed that ever walked the planet. Um, Mr. Tisher goes to great lengths. I mean, people think I'm anal about plant names and tree names and and links and weights of things, Mr. Tisher is extremely anal, so to speak, about his grass seed. And the reason being is he puts his name on it. And he spends a lot of time trying to find out where he can get the very best seed, and he pays dearly for it. And the quality of that seed is the difference between night and day. And I'll give you an example. I have trophy turf type tall fescue in my yard, and it's been there for over 15 years. It is spectacular in every way, shape, and form. And I will tell you that it is the most finest seed on the planet that you can buy for good old Ohio. And he also grows bluegrass. He also sells bluegrass and other types. But you won't do not do not. And if I can't, you know, emphasis one thing, do not go cheap on the seed. Um, I, I made that very expensive mistake when mm-hmm. I bought my first house a long time ago. Mm-hmm. And the house had already been seeded. It was a new house. And I went along and put in cheap grass seed in all the empty spots. And basically weeds grew up in my <laughs> whole yard. And all these spots that I meticulously put in topsoil and raked in the grass seed and put straw on. And about eight years later, I finally gave up, put Roundup on the whole yard, went to Green Velvet Sod Farm, per your advice, and bought um, the Kentucky bluegrass and um, rotor tilt the whole yard. And it came up, and within a month, it looked spectacular mm-hmm. and everybody bragged everybody who walked by would um couldn't believe how perfect my yard always looked 
but I got married about two years ago, and his yard <laughs> has a lot to be desired, and I have a lot of work to do, and he won't let me kill it all and start over. So He needs to listen to his wife. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> or you need yeah. to wake. Does he listen to Garden Talk? No. Oh my gosh, you got to get him out of bed. Okay, you just got the. We've got to educate. What's what's his first name? His name is Dan. We got to get Dan out of bed. We got to get him some gardening smarts. Okay. Tell tell him tell him that I said we need to give him some gardening smarts. I I tell him yeah. I tell him everything. <laughs> we've taken care of all of his trees. <laughs> So. Well, he's lucky to have you to come in his life because obviously it sounded like his landscape was a wreck until he married you. <laughs> I know, I know. And we pulled out all of his old 50-year-old bushes. <laughs> but Well, but tell, Dan, tell Dan that uh, we that, that, uh, he, that he should redo the whole yard and start all over again and, and use a green velvet seed and everything will work out well. Sounds perfect. How do you spell Sitteron? Sitteron? Oh, boy. You're going to ask me a spelling question. Okay, I'll Google it. Does it start yeah, with Yeah, Mark, one of Mark's weakest points in life is spelling. God, if I wasn't for spell check on my computer, I'd be in trouble. Okay, but you think it starts with an S anyway? It's, it's an S. It's S-I-D, okay, I think. Yeah. Okay? I'll find it then. Good luck, ma'am. Okay, thank you very much. I appreciate your uh, help. Bye-bye. Tell Dan we said hi, okay? <laughs> for All right, folks. <laughs> As I often have said, I'm a plant counselor, not a marriage counselor. <laughs> Next hour of Garden Talk will be the wild and crazy one, which is where you have the opportunity to win a $25 gift card to Knollwood. If you guess what plant I am, we're going to talk to Max in Greenville about uh, how to deal with spider mites. Good stuff coming up in the next hour. Stay tuned and uh, do not go away. Go get yourself a cup of coffee. Uh, maybe some biscuits and gravy. That sounds pretty good right now, doesn't it, Javon? <laughs> I always get hungry about this hour. More Garden Talk will continue after this on AM 1290 and News 95.7 WHIO. From our downtown Dayton McAfee Heating and Air Studios, WHIO AM Dayton, WHIO FM Pleasant Hill, a Cox Media Group station.